155. Edge. Rain held fast to the dragon-headed prow of the longship as it crashed through the tumultuous waves. The smell of salt was buried beneath that of terror, the crew behind him hauling at the oars to the beat of the drum. Rain, however, felt no fear, cackling maniacally as the icy spray tried to tear him from his perch. Come on, you cowards! Forward! He pointed with his drinking horn, his knees bending to absorb the impact as the ship broke through yet another enormous wave. Their speed was increasing now, driven by the rowers and the growing current. He laughed, thumping his bare chest with the horn, the smell of beer briefly overpowering that of salt as it sloshed over him. He took a deep drink, then cast the horn away and took his other hand from the dragon head to raise both fists to the sky. Captain! Tarney screamed from behind him, his voice filled with fear. The edge! We need to turn back! Ha! Ring barked out a laugh at the joke, the wind whipping at his wild hair. The ship crested one last enormous wave, then began rushing down the other side. There were no waves beyond it, only falling water. He pointed forward, up to the sky. Go! The ship broke free of the waves as its momentum carried it across the rim of the world. The clouds broke, and sunlight became a rainbow of the salty spray as they began to fall. Captain! Someone else shouted. It might have been Amelia. Rain's stomach clenched as the ship began to tumble, and then he saw the rocks. No! He gasped, his eyes widening. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. We were supposed to soar! The jagged spikes of rock below grew larger and larger. The speed of their falling increased. Fear wormed its way into his heart. Then... And he covered his face with his arms, just before the brutal, splintering impact. Rain lurched up from his pillow, gasping and clutching at his chest. Disorientation washed over him. His body felt wrong. His fingers. His fingers were... He looked down, seeing a white arm that ended in a stump. An arm that was not his own. Rain lurched up from his pillow, gasping and clutching at his chest. There was a clang as his armoured palm smacked into his breastplate. Rapidly, he became aware of the flickering light of the flame and the acrid smell of burning vegetation. Before he could look around, something slammed into his shoulder, hard enough that he had to brace himself against the ground with an arm or fall over. He looked down, spotting a green fist-sized object rolling away from him. Asasu. Don't do that, Amelia said. You scared me halfway to the hells. Hmm, Torhart said. You missed his head. I wasn't aiming for his head, Amelia replied. Torhart grunted. So you see. Rain looked up to see his friends staring at him, seated across from him around the fire. There was a ranks board on a log between them, and it looked like they were in the middle of a game. Amelia had her helmet off, her blonde hair appearing reddish in the firelight. Bad dream? she asked, looking back at the board. What? Rain said dumbly, raising a hand to his shoulder. Who throws a dire lime? He flicked on his HUD, seeing that it was three in the morning. He sighed, letting his arm fall. It felt so real. 
Amelia laughed, taking one of Tallheart's pieces with her own. Well, you are certainly a dreamer. It makes sense that you're good at it. Torhart retaliated without hesitation, sliding a piece clear across the board and deep into Amelia's territory. Outranked. What? Amelia said, looking up at him, then back at the piece. Moments later, she cursed. Damn you! Hmm, Torhart said. It is my victory, and thus, your watch until the dawn. He looked over to Rain, the firelight glinting in his pale grey eyes. Thank you. If you had not distracted her, she would have seen the trap. Rain blinked. Happy to help? He looked down at his hands, struggling to remember. He'd been working on the airship in his soul. But then he'd stop to rest for a minute, and then... Shit. What? Amelia asked, busy collecting her pieces. Rain shook his head. I fell asleep. Yes, we've been over that, Amelia said. Rain blinked, then held up her hand. No, inside my soul. I fell asleep when I was inside my soul. Amelia raised an eyebrow at him. Didn't you say that could be dangerous? Her smile faded, and her voice became more serious. Why would you take the risk? I didn't mean to, Rain said with a sigh. I shouldn't have made that sofa, he muttered. Amelia laughed. Well, it looks like it turned out okay, so... Suddenly she stopped speaking. Moving faster than Rain could follow, there was a thrum of a bowstring, and he felt the wind of the arrow as it rushed past his cheek. Your party has defeated Scarlet Fatbird, level 8. Your contribution, less than 1%. Three experience earned. Shit, he swore. Detection fired, and three signals appeared in his mind less than 10 meters away. Immediately, he switched to Radiance, not only to see what he was up against, but also to strike at it at the same time. In an instant, the spell spread to its full range. The entire area within 12 meters was bathed in the light of day, as if someone had switched the sun on like a spotlight. Not all the light came from rain, though a good portion of it did, rolling off his armor in golden waves. Radiance also amplified light that was already there. The campfire blazed like a star, as did everything even remotely shiny in the clearing. Reflections of reflections of reflections, building upon each other as they were amplified by the magic. The pile of iron ingots near Torhart's anvil was painful to look at, but it was nothing compared to the fire which in turn was nothing compared to the thumb-thick beams of golden light that were spearing outward from Rain's torso. He was forced to close his eyes, his sleep-addled brain having failed to consider just how much Amplify Aura and Channel Mastery together would boost the spell's brightness. He was nevertheless able to identify the monsters. They were more fat birds like the first, judging by the shrieks. Hey! Amelia shouted. Warn me first! Gods, that's bright! Over ten seconds passed, and Rain cracked open his eyes the barest sliver. He watched in pain as the beams tracked the monsters, searing into them mercilessly. The birds were scrambling, trying to reach cover, and failing spectacularly, seemingly blinded. They doubtless had greater light resistance than he did, but unlike him, they were being targeted by the magic directly. 
he was just suffering through the mage burn. Eventually, one of the birds did manage to make it behind the shelter of Tallheart's anvil, but the beam targeting it immediately snapped to the ingot pile, reflecting from it to strike the monster from a different angle. The beam would lose some power to mana absorption from the metal, but it would regain it as it travelled through the overarching field created by the aura. Rain had run tests. There was no escaping the fury of the light. A few more seconds passed, and the trio of chimes sounded in Rain's mind. Your party has defeated Scarlet Fatbird, times three, level eight. Your contribution, 98%. 1,176 experience earned. He dropped the spell, the reflections vanishing in an instant and plunging the camp into darkness. Rain forced his watering eyes open, spots dancing across his sight as he used detection again. The scan came up clear. They were safe. Well done, Tallheart grumped. Now I am blind. Sorry, Rain said, waving away the dialogue and rubbing at his eyes as the afterimages danced across his vision. I just reacted. Well, it's better than freezing us or setting us on fire, I suppose, Amelia said. Dimly, Rain managed to make out her form as she crawled over to him. Upon reaching him, she wrapped her knuckles against his forehead. Idiot. Before he could respond, she brushed his hair out of his eyes, then kissed him in the same spot. He felt healing spread through him and his vision cleared instantly. He found himself staring into her eyes. Thanks, he managed. Amelia smiled, but didn't pull away. It was clear what she wanted, and she was going to make him be the one to do it. Rain's eyes flicked to Torhard. Don't mind me, Torhard said, staring at them blatantly. I am blind. Rain looked back at Amelia. Ah, screw it. He moved in and her smile widened just before his lips found hers. He made it a good kiss too, determined to show that he was over his shyness, though he could feel Tallheart's eyes bearing down on them the entire time. What is happening? Tallheart said mildly. Describe it to me. Amelia broke away laughing. Oh, be quiet, she said, searching about for the sasu she'd thrown at Rain. You aren't blind. You've got more light resistance than the both of us put together. Hefting the fruit, she whipped it in Tallheart's direction. Tallheart didn't move, letting the sasu strike him directly between the eyes. What was that? He asked as it bounced to the ground. Damn it, that's twice now, Amelia muttered to herself. Why won't that thing explode? She shook her head, then gave Tallheart a flat look. You aren't fooling anyone. Is someone speaking? Tallheart replied. It seems that I have gone deaf as well. Rain smiled. He felt happy. Just happy. Then his stomach growled. Loudly. He realized that he could smell the sasu, the sharp odor of the fruit telling him that it hadn't survived the collision with Tallheart's face unharmed after all. Amelia laughed at his expression, then made a show of looking around. Depths. Did anyone else hear that? I think there's a sick bear down there. Damn it, Rain muttered. I guess I missed dinner, huh? Amelia laughed again. Come on, let's fix that before your funny noises attract whatever monsters miss the light show.
As the first pulse of moss light crept up over the edge of the trees, Rain looked up from the ranks board. He flicked on his HUD, checking the time to make sure it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't. It really was dawn. They'd been playing for hours. But it had felt like minutes. You'll never beat clubs if you let yourself get distracted like that, Amelia said softly, moving a piece. Rain looked back down, then grinned, recognizing the trap. The board was in nearly the same configuration as it had been two games ago. He moved his defender to block, smiling smugly as he made the move she'd pointed out to him before. Not this time. Immediately, Amelia reached across the board and slid her mage down a single square. Rain stared at the piece. Sitting on his own in a section of the board, seemingly unrelated to their current clash. Why did she... I can just take it. But then... And then she'll... Shit. When I move my defender... Shit. Amelia covered her mouth, quaking with silent laughter. She glanced at Torhart, who was still asleep, then whispered to Rain, trying to contain her mirth. Congratulations, you played yourself. I should have never taught you that wine, Rain whispered back, shaking his head. She used my memory against me. She made it look like she was trying the same trap as last time, so I'd move my defender. He looked back up at her. That's it. You're too good at this. I'd like to win more than one game in five. We're switching back to chess. Fine, Amelia whispered, getting up and stretching. Tonight, though, she said in a slightly more normal voice. I've got training to do. She glanced again at Tallheart as she stooped to collect her bow. Should we wake him, do you think? Rain shook his head. Let him sleep. If he wanted to be up, he would have disabled his alarm. He gestured over toward the lava lake. Let's go over there. If we're sparring, we are going to wake him up either way, Amelia whispered, handing Rain his helmet. Nothing so strenuous, Rain whispered back with a smile, accepting it. I'm still a bit wrecked from yesterday. I've got a new spell to try out, though. Suppression? Amelia arched an eyebrow, and Rain nodded. Great. I can feel the headache already. It's not like I can use it on myself, Rain said, but then he tilted his head. Actually... Suppression, one out of ten. Experience, zero out of eight hundred. Increase mana costs for all entities by 25.375 MP. Focus, range, 2.3 meters. Cost, one MP per second. Huh, he said slipping on his helmet as he inspected the skill card he'd just summoned. Maybe I can. It just says entities. I'm an entity. And I figured out how to immolate myself, so... Has anyone ever told you that you're a maniac? Amelia said. Oh, come on, Rain said, smiling, hearing a soft chink of metal on metal. I'm sure there are guilders who have come up with crazier training methods, he looked up to see what the sound had been, then blinked. I didn't say Gilders weren't maniacs too, Amelia said, struggling to remove her heavy iron breastplate. Help me with this. What are you doing? Rain asked, raising an eyebrow, before his brain kicked into gear. Oh, right, metal. 
It would absorb the magic. Good thinking. Hardly he moved to help. It took a few minutes to free Amelia from her shell and to adjust the straps on her quiver so she could wear them without the bulky armor. Once she was all set, they left Tallheart behind, still somehow asleep. They moved just far enough away to avoid disturbing him, but not so far that they'd be unable to save him should some monster decide that a slumbering Savidian would make a tasty snack. Rain wasn't all that concerned. Tallheart would be fine. It was Amelia that he was actually worried about. Without her armor, she didn't have any defensive skills to protect her. Even with the accolades, she was vulnerable. Okay, Amelia said at a normal volume, seemingly unconcerned at being without any protection. She adjusted the bow hanging over her shoulder. Suppress me, maniac. Rain smiled, pushing aside his concerns as he tightened his grip on his shield. If anything attacked them, he'd be able to deal with it, or at least be able to tank long enough for Amelia to fill it with arrows. It was nice to feel needed for something other than his manner for once. What? Amelia asked, smiling at him. Rain shook his head, not bothering to explain. Here we go. He reached for the unfamiliar skill, dialing the power way down with channel mastery before activating it. Nothing seemed to happen. He glanced at his manner, then at the auto-summon skill card to check the level. Suppression. One out of ten. Experience. Zero out of eight hundred. Well? Amelia said, arching an eyebrow. It's on, Rain said. There doesn't seem to be a visual effect. Mm, you don't feel anything? Amelia shrugged. Nothing. Unless you count the lack of winter, that is. Have I mentioned I miss... Manasite? She slipped her bow off her shoulder then drew an adamant-tipped arrow. The metal darkened, vanishing from view as wisps of black smoke thickened into a roiling fog, veiling the entire arrow in shadow. She held up the smoking arrow, waving it around and leaving curls of darkness in its wake that quickly dissipated. Nothing. You didn't exempt me with IFF or anything, did you? No, Rain said, thinking hard. Huh. Why isn't it Oh, dur, arcane resistance. Damn, you'd think with all these stats, I wouldn't need coffee to get my brain going in the morning. You'd think, Amelia said. Yeah, yeah, Rain said, returning channel mastery to neutral. Suppression, one out of ten. Experience, zero out of eight hundred. Increase mana cost for all entities by 25.375 MP. Focus. There. That should be six points above your arcane resistance now, assuming it's a one-to-one. Try it again. He paused, then hit himself in the forehead with a clang. Shit, your bow is metal. I didn't think of that either. And the arrows. <sighs> they aren't saturating or anything, are they? Doesn't feel like it, Amelia said. She shrugged and the smoke concealing the arrow cleared. That was me, not you. I just cancelled the buff. Recasting now. The smoke returned and Amelia's eyebrows rose slightly. Okay, that was something. What did you feel? Rain asked excitedly. It didn't hurt or anything, did it? No, Amelia said, shaking her head. It just felt... I'm not sure. The smoke cleared again as she cancelled the spell. Give it more power. Amplifying. Rain said, boosting the spell as high as he could without resorting to aura focus, 
or messing with the ring. He'd had to disable his macro layer to bypass the safeties on IFF, and he didn't feel like it was worth the effort to boost his focus manually. Not for a test. Suppression. 1 out of 10. Experience 0 out of 800. Increase mana cost for all entities by 144.13 MP. Focus. Range 1.33 meters. Cost 18 MP per second. He took a step closer to her, making sure that she was in range. Okay, that's about as good as I can make it, and still watch what you're doing. It should take about 144 extra mana to activate things. Minus 19 from your arcane resistance. Give it a go. Amelia nodded, then looked back at the arrow. Immediately, she furrowed her brows, and a faint distortion became visible around her. Pale white lines in the air streaking down like rain. Okay, now that's something, she said, looking around. The skill doesn't want to activate. It feels heavy. I'm going to push harder. Rain nodded, holding his breath. After a moment, the shadowy cloud around the arrow spluttered back into existence, the white lines from suppression vanishing simultaneously. Amelia inhaled sharply, staring at the arrow. Wow. Yeah, you were right about the mana. It took around... Rain? Rain, what's wrong? Rain was clutching at his chest, a look of ashen horror on his face. When Amelia had activated the buff... He'd felt a terribly familiar sensation, one that he'd experienced only once before. A sense of pressure, as if he was about to burst, and then of being dunked into icy water as the pressure vanished. Rain King! Dozer sent, terrified, having woken from his slumber and swiftly began to panic. Shaking! Danger! Rain stumbled, then sat down hard rather than trying to arrest his fall. Rain! Amelia shouted, casting aside the arrow and rushing to him. He looked up as she knelt in front of him. Their eyes met, and he felt a flash of connection. Link sight, clearer than it had ever been. He pressed a hand to his chest, futilely trying to block the imagined hole through which his soul was gushing out into the world. Oh no. Torhart stood at his anvil hammering at a curved adamant pauldron, but without skills and far too lightly to affect the metal in any way. He was not trying to alter its shape, for it was already as perfect as he could make it. In truth, the final alterations had been completed for some time. He was stalling. He had needed the time to think. With a deep sigh, he shook his head, returning his hammer to its place at his hip. Enough. Taking the pauldron with him, Torhart walked silently toward where Amelia was sitting. Rain was prone beside her, still armoured, but covered by a blanket and with his head propped up on a pillow. Amelia was unarmoured and resting her head in her hands, her hair veiling her face. Torhart couldn't read her expression, but he didn't need to. As he came to a stop beside her, she sighed and looked up tiredly. Hey... Torhart inclined his head in greeting. How is he? Amelia grimaced. No change. She reached down to a metal bowl sitting on the bare earth and removed a wet cloth, wringing it out before dabbing it across Rain's forehead, 
through his open visor. Hmm, Torhart said, frowning as he watched the useless gesture. Do you think it will be okay to send a message now? Amelia asked, looking up, her expression pleading. It's been hours. Torhart shook his head slowly. Rain hadn't immediately fallen unconscious after he'd collapsed. His current condition was deliberate. He'd needed a while to calm down, but once he had, he'd asked that they not disturb him before going to inspect the damage. The fact that he'd not returned from within his soul meant either he was not finished with the task, or that he'd found himself unable to return. A message would not help in either case. At best, it would only be a distraction. Somewhere in the trees, a deep cat yowled. Torhart looked in the direction of the sound sharply, and Amelia shot to her feet beside him, reaching for her bow. Silence returned almost immediately, but they stood their ground, waiting. When it became clear that the monster wasn't coming imminently, Torhart allowed himself a sigh. The deep cat would come, or it would not. They'd suffered more monster attacks today than usual. He was beginning to think that it was not a coincidence. He looked back at Amelia as she let herself flop back to the ground. Do not fear for rain, he said slowly. He has doubtless become distracted and forgotten that we are here. But, Amelia began, but Tallheart interrupted her. You have sat idle long enough. Leave rain to his work. He gestured with the pauldron toward where he'd piled the rest of the armor next to a small boulder. Come. But, Amelia tried again, but trailed off in a sigh, finally looking away from the trees. Fine. She threw down the cloth, muttering under her breath. Not like I'm doing any good here. She closed Rain's visor much more gently, then got to her feet to accept the pauldron. She barely glanced at it before she looked back at Rain. I just don't understand why it happened. It was barely any mana at all. Hmm, Torhart said. I have been thinking about that. He turned, looking away. He knew she would follow, so he didn't bother to look back at her as he continued. Why is an unconscious person more difficult to heal? What? Amelia asked from somewhere behind him. Tallheart said nothing. Okay, don't explain, Amelia said, the sound of her footsteps telling him that she was following. Fine. I'm not sure what this has to do with rain, but for healing to work you need the patient to accept it. People can't do that if they aren't awake. And what if a person does not wish to be healed? Torhart asked. Can you do it by force? He heard Amelia stop, and after a moment he turned to look at her, seeing a pained expression on her face. He frowned. I am a fool. I apologize. I should have chosen a different example. Amelia sighed, raising her hand to rub at her eyes. No, it's fine. I can't blame you for not knowing what not to say when I haven't told you about... She trailed off. Hmm, Tallheart said. Still, I apologize. 
Don't worry about it. Amelia shook her head, then looked up. Yes, you can force healing on an unwilling patient. You just need to suppress the patient's soul with yours. For healing, you need to honestly believe that you're helping them for it to work. You need to override their perspective. She grimaced. I've seen it done. Hmm, Torhart said, turning to walk beside her. I will ask no further. The example has served its purpose. Now, another. If someone wished to inflict you with malaise, could you choose not to resist? Oh, I see where you're going with this, Amelia said, coming to a stop beside the pile of armor. When he used suppression, it put our souls into conflict. Yes, Torhart said simply, turning to look at her. So then, I'm the reason? No, Torhart said. He raised his hand, his index finger extended. Rain's soul was already broken. It was repaired, but we do not understand how or whether the repair was complete. He raised a second finger. Rain raised his level rapidly, triggering the leveling process multiple times through unnatural means. A third finger went up. He ranked a defensive skill from one to ten within the space of a single day. A fourth. He has been pushing himself to the point of physical exhaustion and then beyond. Far beyond. Torhart finished with his thumb. He has been abusing accolades and fueling the changes to his body by dining on the flesh of monsters. Torhart looked down at his hand, all five fingers extended, then grunted, raising his other hand. Do I need to continue? <laughs> I suspect I do not have enough fingers. He shook his head, then knelt to sort through the pile of armor. This is not your fault. If your clash had not triggered it, Something else would have soon enough. So I should blame Rain for being reckless then? Amelia asked. For overtraining. How's that any better? You do not understand, Torhart said, gesturing for her leg with a grieve, held in his other hand. Allow me to think. I will try to find another way to explain. Amelia set down her bow and moved over, and Torhart began helping her get into the armor piece by piece. They continued in silence for some time. It was only after the back plate was in place, arching over her shoulders, that Amelia raised her hand to stop him. You're right, she said. She gestured around to the trees, to the molten lake of lava, to the outcropping of stone, and the cave that led to depths unknown. Look where we are. The deep cat yowled again, but neither of them did more than glance at the trees. Amelia shook her head, continuing. If we were playing things safe, we'd still be on the surface. If we were playing things safe, half the people in Vestval would die come spring. She sighed. You heard what Rain said. 
there isn't enough wood to keep the fires lit, and they'd need to go further and further to gather it. Even if we somehow solve that problem with our light bulbs, they'd need to go out to tend their fields or starve over the coming year. It's not sustainable. We need to get them out of here. The deep cat screeched again, closer now. A bush near the edge of the clearing rustled. Would you stay out of this? Amelia yelled, whipping her head in that direction. Either come out here and die, or go back to the hell you came from. The bush rustled again, then exploded in a shower of leaves and blood, as the boulder they'd been standing next to obliterated it, along with the hidden monster. Thank you, Amelia said, looking back at Tallheart, as he lowered his arm and bent to retrieve the breastplate. As I was saying, pushing ourselves like this is a risk, but it's necessary. We don't have the luxury of taking it slow. He had no way to know how near he was to the edge, and it wasn't like either of us realized the danger either. Hells, I'm doing half the same things he is. My soul could tear too, at any moment. But even knowing that, I don't feel like I can stop. Raise your hands to the sides, Tallheart said. Amelia complied, and he continued speaking as he worked. Make sure to say these things to Rain. You know that he will blame himself for his injury. But you are correct, and he is not. What we do is not without risk. I should know. Amelia grunted as Tallheart pressed the breastplate firmly into place, the metal plate interlocking with the back plate with a satisfying click, forming a nearly impenetrable seal around her torso. Satisfied, Tallheart took a step back. How is the feet? Amelia grasped at the collar of the breastplate with both hands, pulling it down and twisting it this way and that. It's a bit tight across the chest. Tallheart frowned. He always pitied human women for their inconvenient anatomy. He was a poor judge, but he believed that Amelia was slightly more afflicted than average, even for her race. He knew better than to say anything. It was not something she could change, no more than he could saw off his antlers. He had thought he'd left sufficient room, however. I can make an adjustment, he said, slowly shaking his head. Hmm. I have seen some human women wearing armor that imitates their form, but I assumed you would not wish to trade durability for vanity. If I was wrong about that, I can... No, Amelia said with a snort, lowering her arms. A small measure of the tension had drained from her face. Please, no. As funny as it would be to see Rain's reaction to that stupidity, this is actually a perfect fit. I just needed to get everything in place. It's still a little snug, but that's how it should be. She took a deep breath, then breathed out and bent, touching her toes. Amazing. It doesn't limit my mobility at all. She stood again, looking him in the eyes. Thank you so much, Tollhart. I don't think I'll ever be able to repay you for this. This armor has got to be worth a lot.
like a barrel full of tell, a lot. Hmm, Torhart said. Perhaps not as much as that. But you are correct that the value is significant. You may repay me by continuing to be who you are. He turned, kneeling to sift through the remaining pieces. Amelia made a sudden movement behind him, and he tensed involuntarily. It had long since occurred to him that with the armour, the bow, and the skills to back them up, she would be stronger than he was. Not yet, perhaps, but soon enough as she continued to train. If she turned against him, he would have no way to stop her. The risk that he was wrong about her was so low that it was barely worth mentioning, but he felt the threat hanging over him all the same. He couldn't help it, not with her standing right behind him and out of his sight. It was perhaps one of the harder things he'd ever done, but he forced himself to relax. No betrayal came, of course, no death. Torhart stifled a sigh. Lily would have cursed at him, seeing him exposing the back of his neck to anyone, let alone a human with the power to harm him. Lily had mellowed slightly over the years, but she had never learned to trust. In her fiery youth, she might even have killed him for making equipment for Amelia and Rain in the first place. It was a betrayal of their cause. Or so she would have believed. Of course, back then, when the deaths of their families had been fresh and raw, he would have believed the same. What is it, Tolhart? Amelia asked, oblivious to his dark thoughts, but not to his hesitation. Nothing, he lied, selecting the next piece of armour and standing to face her, carefully hiding his expression. I merely thought of a more practical way for you to repay me. Name it, Amelia said. Seriously, I owe you, Torhart grunted. Whenever Rain asks me a question, you will create a distraction. Amelia's eyebrows shot up. Then she covered her mouth, completely failing to contain the laugh that burst through her fingers. That's all, she managed. Hmm, Tolhart said, nodding seriously. That's no repayment. I do that for free. Wait, you mean like any question? As in, hey, Tolhart, what do you want for lunch or... Any question, Tolhart confirmed, allowing himself to smile. Some wounds could never be healed, but having friends helped. These humans were his, no matter what Lily would have thought. Amelia smirked at him conspiratorially. Deal. She looked over at Rain and her smile slowly faded. She sighed deeply, then running a hand through her hair. You really think he'll be okay? He will be fine, Tolhart said his voice incomparably steady in contrast to his thoughts. How can you be so certain? Amelia asked softly, looking back at him. Torhart didn't reply, shaking his head slowly. Because I need him to be.